shotgun snap. He's got time. Fires down the near sideline. Devontae Adams makes an adjustment and holds it in at the 20. Unbelievable grab by Devontae. He got around Lenore and somehow brought it in on his right shoulder while he was falling to the turf. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Is this not what we came for? Wait, how do you say that, Damon? How do you say that saying again? Not a movie guy. Is this not why you're here? <laughs> Are you not entertained? I'm very entertained. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Damon Cotton back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino every Monday night. We're here. And joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back. Uh, does a lot of great work with Channel 8 News covering the Raiders pre and post game. And, Mark, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. Before we get into the Raiders or anything NFL-related, how about that Cotton Bowl earlier between USC and uh, – and uh, Tulane, with Tulane coming back and getting the dub. Man, that was a great game. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people talk about stars and all that, but then I get to give kudos to the Tulane Green Wave uh, for coming back, man, and staying uh, resilient. Uh, a buddy of mine I played with uh, in New Orleans, J.J. McCleskey, he's a defensive back coach for Tulane. So I knew those guys were going to be mentally and physically tough, and they just hung tough, man, and, uh, you know, beat a, a, what everybody's talking about, a mighty USC team, but if you win the Heisman and you lose to Tulane, what, that can't happen. Right. No doubt. And, you know, it's funny. That game wrapped up right when I started the show here at 2 o'clock on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I started off saying that game just reminded me of what I've seen all season long from the Raiders is that if you don't have a defense, you're going to lose a lot of games. And that's what happened to USC. They don't have a defense. I think their defense might be still uh, at Santa Monica on the pier or something, man. They, they, they've been playing <laughs> like that all season long. Yep. Uh, you got to have boys up front you got to have guys to cover in the back end and like you mentioned about the Raiders man we talked about this last week about ball hawks you know we were talking about the defense side of the ball you know and there was a lot of balls and opportunities that was flying around by uh, young Brock Purdy but it didn't seem like the Raiders were getting their hands on many but you know me came up with a big time interception in the game. Right, yeah. And, you know, I, I love the way that Amik plays. I mean, he has so much heart and tenacity. And sometimes, you know, he doesn't make the play. But other times he has that short memory, Mark, where he'll go back and go and try to make that play. I mean, that's something – how essential is that to have as a defensive back? Um, that's one of the reasons why I like that young man. Um, you know, we were in the booth and, uh, you know, he got beat on a couple of passes. And I said, this guy's going to come back and make something happen. Um, you know, he just has that uh, ability to – uh, you know, tunnel vision to just block it out and, and come back and make the big-time play. And think about him, man. He, he goes up and tries to attack the ball. And right. that, that's what I like about him. Um, I guess being undersized, you have to go up and attack the ball a little bit more than a taller guy. But uh, on that interception, man, he just out I think it was Kittle on that play. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just out him, went up at the highest point and made the big-time play. Is there anything that Patrick Graham can do as a defensive coordinator, kind of put him in a better position to have more success? I mean, it just seems like sometimes he's not really given a fair chance. Not fair, that's the wrong word, but just kind of out there, and it's such a mismatch just because of his size. But you, I mean, you dealt with the same thing. Was there anything that he could do? Is there anything that the defensive coordinator could do to help him out a little bit? Um, she called Tyrone, you know. Uh. <laughs> But, you know, he, he's just a, a smaller corner that's on the outside. I think he fits best inside. 
Um, in my in my opinion, um, you know, when you have a guy on the outside that uh, that's you know that that gets beat, you know, more often than he makes the plays. Um, you know, in this league, man, if you don't make plays, um, you know, guys are going to continue to attack you. And, and Graham, I, I'm sure he's a little tongue tied right now because he's dialing up some good plays. Uh, they were playing physical. They got after the ball, but. You know, when you're playing against a young quarterback and, you know, a lot of balls were flying in the air, you have to come down uh, with those plays. And, you know, I know I've faced a lot of rookie quarterbacks, and we knew off the back, man. I was like, man, I'm getting one of these picks, you know, because sooner or later this kid's going to be pretty good, but I'm going to get him before he gets good. <laughs> I know that's right. Talking right now with Mark McMillan here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. As a defense, is there any way maybe pre-snap to, to sniff out those screens? Because I feel like the 40, 49ers were very effective with the screens, and once Trent Williams was going downhill, it felt like an automatic first down for Christian McCaffrey no matter who was in front of him. Yeah, they ran a lot of those stretch plays. I thought actually, you know, warming up, you know, they were practicing on the stretch play, uh, you know, just pressing the line of scrimmage and Christian coming back, you know, cutting back and then and finding the open – uh, open hole, but you just got to get defensive line pressure. Um, you know, the screen plays, that's just raw recognition, and that's just studying a lot of film. Um, you know, San Francisco does it really well. It's really difficult to stop, uh, especially when you got Christian McCaffrey who can line up in the outside, the guy playing in the, in the, uh, in the backfield. Uh, you know, he's just an all-around good player, you know, and we saw this coming out of college, and you saw a little bit in Carolina, but a healthy Christian McCaffrey poses uh, problems to a lot of defense. Yeah, he, uh, he he was a very, very big uh, problem for the Raiders' defense, to say the <laughs> least, on Sunday. So, Nate Hobbs is a guy that I like. I know you talked about you like him, you like his tenacity. Ever since that injury, Mark, he just seems like he's not playing like his normal self. I know I've asked you about how much that hand could be affecting his play, but at some point do you just say, hey, you just can't go if you can't play at your, at your level of play? Yeah, and they were going at him. And, yep. you know, that was a little shocking to see. Like, well, you know, he's supposed to be our best cover guy. But, you know, they were going after him uh, the whole night more than the league. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't taking the plays. Uh, you know, they were just they were just going at him and catching that wheel. Um, you know, he was out there arm tackling. So maybe he's a little afraid of the hand. Uh, but like you said, if you can't go, if you're not 100%, I know I think this is contract year. This is uh, final year. So maybe he's thinking like, hey, man, I just got to finish this thing strong so I can try to get paid in the offseason. But, um, he just didn't look like the, uh, the the shutdown corner that we knew before the injury. And, you know, like I said, I, I like the way man played. And he's seeing him at the game, you know, I did the post game, and he was out there like an hour and a half after the game just on the field, and you could just see the frustration in his face. Mm, mm, okay, there you go. Mark McMillan is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. NSA Roughness, go ahead, DeMond. When it comes to covering a tight end, those dominant tight ends, we've seen the Raiders struggle with it. George Kittle, he had a touchdown in the red zone. Is there anything that maybe you've learned through your years in the NFL when it comes to that red zone defense and just staying with your man? they got to be physical. Um, you know, you see it every Sunday. Uh, even in the zone coverage, I know the, uh, the Raiders run you know, some cover too, but they're not getting their hands on the receivers. They're not getting their hands over the tight end. Um, if you're uh, a defense and you're lined up over the tight end and a lot of steps that they were running, at the end, you cannot let that guy get a free release. And, you know, it seems like they were letting the tight end just get that free release and Purdy was just, you know, picking them apart. Um, and then, you know, the 49ers adjusted in the second half and they started throwing the screen passes more, uh, short plays, and they started hitting the ball over the middle of the field, which was like, that was like the final drive. And I was like, man, if you're playing inside man, there's no way you should be getting caught. Uh, looking at, you know, playing outside technique in that situation. 
Mark, we talked last week about the possibility of Jarrett Stidham playing, and this is before we knew anything was going to happen. This was before Wednesday when uh, we found out about the quarterback getting sat down and all of a sudden Jarrett Stidham getting the start. What did you learn about the young man from what you saw on Sunday? Um, he's a competitor. Um, you know, he, obviously, you know, he played college football at Auburn. I hate to say that. I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> Baylor. He played at Baylor, too. You can say Baylor. <laughs> okay, Baylor. okay, Baylor. But Baylor had that scandal, so I don't want to say that. Oh, yeah, either, that's but, true. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, he's a tough guy, man. And you, you're just watching him in warm-ups and pregame and just seeing the guys rally behind him. Uh, he, he didn't have that quirky smile. He had a smile of confidence, obviously, because he knows the offense. Um, and it seemed like the play calling was much different with uh, Sinem than it was with Carr. Um, you know, it seemed like the playbook was more open, uh, but also he's, you know, he's able to scramble and, and use his uh, athletic ability to extend plays, and we know Carr is not really good at that. And Sinem was just going after it, man. And, you know, Carr sometimes gets gun-shy, but Sinem, man, he was like, if you're, that, the, if you're in one-on-one coverage with Devontae Adams, you saw him a couple of times check out to that and go to Devontae, where Carr doesn't seem like he checks off to that and sees it or, or didn't have the confidence or maybe, you know, Josh told him to th- where he needs to throw the ball, and that's where he was throwing the ball to. How difficult is it to play defense or be a defensive back when you know that quarterback behind you has an opportunity to run and he has the willingness to run as well? How, how difficult is that to continue to play solid defense? Uh, it's very difficult. As you see, the, the 49ers have, what, the number one defense in the league, uh, what they give up maybe 10 to 12 points a game, and the Raiders bust 30-something on them. Um, you know, he was scrambling all over the place, man. He was making plays with his arms, plays with his legs, and he wasn't scared. You right. know, a couple plays he took his shoulder and, and tried to go get the first down and try to get extra yardage. But uh, the 49ers, I'm sure when they look at that film today, they, they got a lot of holes in that defense that uh, sent them exposed yesterday. Mark McMillan is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How does that pump up? a team by the way that Stidham was playing by the hits that he was taking the willingness to stay in there and deliver that rock down the down the the field does that fire up an entire team when they say you know what that quarterback is giving us everything he's got yeah you saw the guys play for him yesterday uh mm-hmm. you saw the guys rally around them you know Josh Jacobs is going to be Josh uh, you know we had another solid game that ran the ball really well I thought the offensive line protected pretty good you know considering the the front that the San Francisco 49ers have um, you know, send them only through two picks. One wasn't his fault. Um, you know, so, you know, I think they, the guys just really rallied around them. But, you know, like I said, in the second half, man, it seemed like the defense just fell apart and couldn't stop anybody in the passing game. Yeah. You mentioned about watching film for the 49ers, but for the Chiefs, when they watch film this week on this Raiders offense with Stidham at quarterback, do you think that they'll be able to be – I know they're not as good of a defense as the 49ers, but maybe contain them a little bit better now that they have some film on them. Well, we have film on the, on the guy. Like I said, it's hard to guard a guy just coming off the bench. You have no film on him besides practice. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm sure Kansas City, they, they're trying to wrap up their home field advantage, so they're going to be at full strength. Uh, so it is a little difficult. Uh, and obviously, you have some good film on this young man. Uh, they know he can get outside the pocket. They know he can extend plays. Uh, you know, uh, every receiver caught the ball. You know, he's a tight end, uh, wide out. Renfro got into the mix. So the offense was moving the ball up and down the field. So the Chiefs, you know, they can't come in here and just think that the uh, that the Raiders are just going to lay down. So it should be a very competitive game. Obviously, I'm excited to see my boys, see Big Red coming down. So it should be a good matchup. Again, we're talking with Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Played with the Eagles, played with the Chiefs. It's Chiefs week or Raiders week, whatever you want to do. Mark, when we were texting, we were texting back and forth about it. 
What for you? I mean, you're you're you know you're removed from the league, obviously, and 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 you haven't played. But I mean, how much you know? How much of a little bit of a like a chill does it send up your spine knowing knowing that what this week means? It, it, it always. I don't. I don't care. It's almost like <laughs> the Iron Bowl in Alabama and Auburn. Yeah. You know. I'm, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm way out of that. You know that rivalry, but you just don't like them. Right. Uh, you know, it was something that you just you know the history going back to you know the days of. You know the Emmett Thomases and those guys playing in uh, you know playing this game, and uh, you know it, it was just a nasty dogfight. You know you go in the open, it smells like piss, it smells like marijuana. The fans <laughs> are throwing tea and feces at you, so it was it was crucial down there playing in that. That was a real black hole, and you know if somebody throws some pee on your shoe, you know you get a little pissed off, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, man, this is this is going to be. I think it's a great way to wrap up the season. I mean, obviously for the Raiders, it's not. It hasn't gone the way that they wanted. But could you ask for anything more? You got Week 18. You got your division rival, and you're playing at your house. I mean, you really can't ask for too much more. Yeah, and you can go out with a win. You know, you beat the Chiefs, and all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, we did beat the Chiefs, and and maybe knock them out of that top spot. But uh, it's a tall, tough. You know, it's a tough thing to, to swallow, but. You got Patrick Mahomes coming in, you know, who's very, uh, you know, mobile as well, um, and and Sinem. So that's another great matchup. If I'm Sinem, I'm like, yo, you know, I went against the young phenom, the Brock. Now I get the opportunity to play against Patrick Mahomes on national TV at home in the final home game. So it should be a great matchup, man. My, my Chief boys are texting me already, asking me, you know, who am I going to be rooting for this week? And, <laughs> So it, it's already started already, man. Man, you, you can take you out off the team, but you can't take the team out for you, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. And I, hey, I, I understand, man. I understand exactly where you're coming from. And you actually have an autograph signing coming up this weekend, right? Yeah, I have an autograph sign, and I know they moved the game up, so I'll be doing it Saturday. We're trying to uh, coordinate the time, so it'll be Saturday evening at the Luxor Hotel, uh, you know, representing the Chiefs. So I'm excited about that, man. Like I said, you know, uh, in Philadelphia, if you play good, man, the fans always look out for you. It's as well as Kansas City, man. You know, I had a, had a great great time there. Uh, thank goodness I didn't get beat too many times that they want to still recognize Mighty Mouse, man. So I'm excited about that opportunity. <laughs> no, nah, that's good, man. We're happy and excited for you. Uh, final question for you, man. Uh, UNLV made another addition to their coaching staff with Barry Odom. They brought in Dell Alexander. He's a wide receiver coach. Uh, yeah. what, do you, what do you know about Dell, and, and what do you thought of the coaching staff that uh, Coach Odom was putting together so far? You know, he's putting together a solid coaching staff. Uh, you know, some coaches that have some big-time experience. Uh, you know, I know Coach Odom way back uh, in his Arizona State days. You know, when I was living in Arizona, uh, you know, I was always going to the practices and, and knowing all those coaches. So um, I always have my foot to the ground, man, when it comes to college coaching, college football, and high school athletics. So uh, they're putting together a solid coaching staff. You look at his resume. You look at all these coaches' resumes. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm a young player, I'm like, well, you know, they coach some big-time guys. Um, they coach guys that went to the league, that went to the next level. Um, so you're going to learn from some guys that have some uh, NFL experience as well. Uh, so, you know, kudos to Coach Old, man. He, he's putting together a really good staff here uh, in Vegas. So I hope the fans are excited. You know, I know we're they're probably like, oh, it's just another guy. You know, he'll be two years and done. But, uh, you know, give these young men an opportunity to go out and prove themselves. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'll always – I'm a hometown guy here now, so I, I support the Rebels program. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I would love to see them get back to where you know where, where they should be and, and get them to a nice level and uh, playing in the Legion Stadium as well. I mean, it, it would be great that to see them. It's too late. It's too late to win two games and all of a sudden beat U.S. in the in the Cotton Bowl. Why not any other program? You know, right? It's too late. 
<laughs> exactly. That part. That part right there, no doubt. Well, Mark, before I let you go, man, what do you got coming out? What you working on? What kind of oils you got going? What kind of cooking you doing? How you doing? Oh, man, I got some nice oils, but there ain't no baby oils that you rub on yourself when you ask you to come to food. It's by Grilla McMillan Diffused Olive Oils, man, that's sell, selling right now at Barbecue Concept. Uh, we just launched my Grilla McMillan Chicken Margarita Pizza um, at Evil Pie. That's going to be running all month. So go down there, get a slice. We're donating a dollar to each slice, from each slice to the Nathan Adelson uh, Hospice Care Center in, in, in Las Vegas. So I'm excited about that, man. So barbecue concepts. Got my Grilla McMillan diffused olive oils, man. I'm excited. I got a chicken margarita pizza out there that's slow right now. I'm on fire right now, baby. Let's go. Yes, yes, you are. And you just said uh, you said some magical words. Uh, the wife loves chicken margarita pizza, so I'll have to take her by there and get get some of that as well. So we'll make that happen. But, Mark, thanks so much for your time, my man. Appreciate you as always. Great work that you're putting out. I'll see you in the press box on Saturday. All right, man. I appreciate it, man. And don't get mad if I think, you know, you know when that national anthem sounds, when they say home of the, I'm not going to say it, but you already know what's going down. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, man. You got to do what you got to do. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, there he goes. Mark McMillan, NFL defensive back with us. And, uh, man, I like what he said about the stress on the defense that a, that a quarterback that could run will, will, will provide, right? And you saw, I think that perfect example is that great play that Stidham made hitting Devontae Adams and went for 60 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that does not happen unless he's rolling outside the pocket and, and stressing out the defense to make a decision. Make them make a decision. Right? And the 49ers made the wrong decision instead of made him pay. Now, they made him pay because they hit him with a, a shot that bloodied his mouth, but the Raiders got the touchdown. Devontae got another touchdown, and I think Stidham let everyone know exactly who he was when he made that play. 3.20 is the time. Coming up at 3.30, Jeff Howe from The Athletic. He'll join the show to talk about who could potentially be the next quarterback based off of what he's he already knows, covering the New England Patriots like he does. He talked about Tom Brady, but I want to ask him about Stidham as well. But coming up next, you'll hear from Meek Robertson. He was in the Raiders locker room following the game. You'll hear that conversation. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casinos where I'm at. Monday Night Football will be on these screens in a little while. Buffalo and Cincinnati. Going to be one of the best Monday Night Football games of the year. So excited about that. But right now, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. I got sounds from Meek Robertson in the locker room coming up in a hot minute. But let's hear from Juan the Smasher first. Welcome to the show, Juan. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. Hey, hey, every time I go to these Raider games, I always lose my voice, Q. <laughs> and I'm out there yelling for them Raiders, and I'm out there trying to pump up these Raider Nation. All I see is red, but I'm not tripping. This is our house, so how to represent, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know. I got you. Yeah, and, uh, and you're right, Q. You know, we should we should be proud of this team because I was feeling a little down because I wasn't hurt. But you know what? They, they showed a lot of heart, and that guy did them too. I tip my, I, I tip my hat off to him because he played against that defense, and those guys ain't no slouches, they ain't no chumps. So he went out there, and he went out there with, with a lot of heart. So I got to respect that for Stidham. And then also the net, uh, this last game, it's the game that I'm looking forward to uh, the most because I cannot stand these cats. I don't like nothing about these fools. And every time I look at them, I just want to throw up. I cannot stand Kansas City. All those cats, even the coach, the quarterback, running back, receiver, all those cats, I cannot stand them cute. And if we can go out with a bang and smash them, then that'll be dope. And other than that, I'll be right there in the parking lot B with my, with my man uh, D-Man. So I'll tell your boy Grillin McMillan to come check us out. 
And you guys hey. have a good day, and thank you, Q. All right, man, there he goes. Juan the Smasher, good stuff, my man. I promise you, every time he call after a game, he's like, I can't stand them fools. I can't stand them fools. I can't stand them fools. <laughs> I love it, man. Juan, great stuff. It's always great to hear from you, my man. Speaking of heart, you want to talk about heart? How about Mike Robinson? That cat's got some heart, don't he? Came up with another interception. That's his second one on the season. He's tied now with Jerron Harmon and Denzel Perryman. He's a guy that's getting his hands on the ball. And unlike I said earlier today on my podcast, he is not a free agent after the season. He has another year left on his deal. Now it's up to the, the organization to bring him back next year, but he's making a hell of a case for himself as a guy that at least gets his hands on the ball. Here is Meek Robinson in the Raiders locker room following the game. Obviously, they have a, a very unique offense. They do a lot of different things. You guys feel you handled what they like to do pretty well? Yeah, I think we, you know, they're, they're great. Had a great head coach, great, great offense. I think we hung in there. You know, we just, like I always say, we just got to finish. You know, they did their job longer than us. You know, and like I say in every interview, you know, we are, you know, Coach McDaniels always say, you know, the team that do their job longer, that's the team that will come out the dub. And unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't do that. What does it feel like, I guess, in the locker room? I mean, you guys, the chances weren't great in making the playoffs, but you still were alive. I mean, does it feel like finality almost? We just took every game. You know, we just take, took it one week at a time. We didn't think about playoffs. We didn't think about none of that. We just think about, you know, each and every week try to win. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, we control we can't control. So, you know, that's how we wanted to win. How did you guys feel uh, Jared did? Did he bring a little spark to the team? Yeah, you definitely, you know, Jared played his ass off. You know, I, like, even on the, in, the interception, he wasn't worried at all. Because you know, us as a defense, we got to be able to back them up, you know. So I think I think he played great tonight. Did that give you a little extra juice when you went out there defensively, knowing that hey, the of offense is, is able to move up and down the, of the course, field? Of course, you know, we are we are whole, you know. So when the offense doing well, the defense has to do well. When the defense doing well, the offense has to do well. I feel like we are we are whole, and you know, I feel like the offense went out there and gave us a spark. Uh, Ayuk today too, as well. What uh, which just made it so tough on you guys with him? Say it again. With uh, Ayuk today, what was making it so tough for you guys with him today? Uh, I don't. I used to be a great player. That's all I can say. <laughs> you talking? I mean, we supposed to talk. You know, that's, it's, it's a competitive game. You know, we gonna make our plays. He gonna make his play. They they gonna make their plays. You know, that's, it's, you know, that's 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 what the game about. Having that that turnover, what did you see when you came up with that interception? Just being um, able to adjust like you did. Just just beating them in. You know, uh, I feel like you know I had a lot of opportunity. Even on the slant, I saw. Couple plays that I could have, I could have made. You know, I slipped on the slant. I knew he was coming in on the slant. Uh, and that play, I was like, next play, you know, I'm gonna make up for it. And unfortunately, I saw, you know, with my vision that uh, Kittle, you know, did a did a big old over route. And you know, at the end of the ball, at, at the end of the day, when the ball's in there, I think it's mine, no matter who 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 out there. Right, starting to starting to get that ball in your hands yeah. more often. Yeah, that's you know, that's, that's, that's what they got are. me. That's yeah. the, I mean, that's what they got me out there for. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I try to make more play, like. like the one last week, I wanted the one last week, you know, so this one was like, I wanted that one bad, right. you know, but unfortunately, I wanted to come out the, come out with the win as well. No doubt, no doubt. I know we're in Vegas and it's not quite the Battle of the Bay, but how much how much extra energy does that bring you know who you're playing across from the San Francisco? I mean, they're, they're a great team, man. You know, the energy, you know, with the, with the fans, mm-hmm. they fans was electric, you know, was electrifying, you know, uh, you love playing in games like that, you know, and I try to do whatever I got to do to help, help our team, man. There's Amik Robertson in the Raiders locker room following the game with the 49ers, a 37-34 loss in overtime. We'll get back to more locker room sound. Joining us now on the phone lines from The Athletic is our good friend Jeff Howe. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff P. Howe. And, Jeff, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I wanted to get into your article that you put out on The Athletic about the potential next quarterback for the Silver and Black. But before we do that, I wanted to ask you about Jarrett Stidham. 
Uh, he's a guy that you're very familiar with, obviously drafted by the Patriots. And there was even a time where there was a conversation he was going to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. It didn't shake out, but he got his first career start and did really well yesterday for the Raiders. What was it about Jared Stidham that kind of stood out early on that made everyone say he, he could be the next guy behind Brady? It was his accuracy of practice. And I wrote a lot of really, really positive, encouraging things about him his first couple of years uh, with the Patriots. And I kind of got a lot of flack for it up here in, in the Foxborough area because, you know, all you saw was at practice. But I know what I saw, and what mm-hmm. I saw at practice was good. And obviously he was never going to challenge Brady for his job at that point. But I thought 2020 was really interesting because it was him versus Cam Newton. And in that really condensed period before training camp, everybody coming back from COVID, and Stidham did not have a good uh, opening stretch of training camp. Cam Newton did play well. And then Stidham got hurt on like the fourth or fifth day of practice, and he missed a couple weeks. By that point, Cam Newton had fully taken over. Uh, but it was really interesting at the end of that season when Cam Newton wasn't playing well. Uh, the team as a whole wasn't playing well, but the offense was stale. And it was like, all right, well, why aren't you giving Stidham a look? You, know, you don't have a long-term answer at quarterback. Uh, but ultimately, they just didn't see him go out and, and earn the opportunity to go play down the stretch in some of those meaningless games. So it was kind of a knock on him there. Uh, but seeing him play as well as he did uh, against a, a really, really good 49ers defense, you know, kind of brought back some of those earlier days when he was going out there and, and running the scout team and, and doing really well. And you know, I, I still remember one play specifically when he kind of rolled out to his left, uh, throwing across his body into the back of the end zone for a touchdown and just being like, wow, this is, this is really impressive. Now, you're never going to sit there and say, I, I know for sure that this guy's going to be a franchise quarterback. I still wouldn't say that now. You, you don't know. You need to see a much greater sample size. But it was cool to see him take advantage of that moment. Yeah, no, it really was. And it was unfortunate that the Raiders couldn't find a way to get a, a victory for him because, again, he, he left it all out there. But one thing that stood out to me, Jeff, was his toughness. He took a lot of hits, had a bloody mouth at the end of the game, but he just kept on fighting kept on fighting and gave his team a chance. I mean, how much of his toughness did you were you able to see, especially since it was only practice? Yeah, I don't want to blow smoke and sit here and say that, like, I, I saw that this was, like, the toughest dude in the world or anything like that. I mean, yeah. there, there were – there were no real examples of that, uh, that that come to mind. I mean, I'm not saying he's not tough. I'm not saying he – I just, I don't want to sit here and lie to everybody. Right, right, right. I saw something that didn't happen. Right. Well, I mean, again, with it being practice, it's hard to be able to see a guy's toughness and, and how, how tough he is. But uh, clearly he had it. At least he had it on Sunday for the Raiders. So do you think that at the very least maybe he's, you know, it, depending on what happens, I guess, this Saturday, put himself in position to at least compete for the, you know, a potential job? I think it depends who they bring in. Now, if they go the draft pick route and, and they bring in a top uh, five, top ten caliber player, then absolutely I think Stidham's going to have a chance to go out there and compete. If it ends up being one of the other guys that I'm sure we're going to refer to down the stretch here in this segment, then you know, you're not going to see him competing with Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady or whoever it ends up being. Right. But, you know, I think you put yourself, you know, similar with, with Brock Purdy, you know, going into camp next year, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, should be competing for that job. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the, the, the Raiders quarterback situation is going to be in a much different spot depending on how the offseason plays out. But Josh McDaniels has to feel really good about the fact that Jared Stidham could force him to make a decision. That's the, that's the type of decision that you want to be able to make when you have multiple talented players at, at one spot. Jeff Howes, our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 NSA Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. 
When it comes to Josh McDaniels' offense, we always hear about, even from the players, the Raider players this offseason, it's like a different language. It's like learning calculus. How often do you think that, or how long do you think that quarterbacks need to be able to learn this system? Uh, it, yeah, I mean, it certainly takes a while. Uh, not just the quarterback, but everybody. And, you know, it's a similar type of situation, not to keep bringing up the 49ers, but like Kyle Shanahan, you know, that's another one who it, it takes a while to learn the language, to learn the nuances, to to be able to read and, a, a, you know, to be on the same page with the receivers. You have to see everything as it's unfolding in real time after the snap. You know, I, was, I just did a story last week on Trevor Lawrence and how he was kind of learning Doug Peterson's system. Now, Doug Peterson is a perfect coach for Lawrence, and we all know how talented Trevor Lawrence is, and we're certainly starting to see it uh, in over the last couple months. But he even said it took about eight or nine weeks of the regular season to finally get on the same page as his receivers because they were all learning something new. So this stuff happens. You know, I, I think there's sometimes there tends to be a knock on, especially McDaniels. I mean, you, you've heard it. Right. When you fail in your first job and you get that second chance, Everybody is just sort of waiting for you to fail again, and you're kind of going to look for any little, any reason to kind of put some blame on this guy. I mean, it's a tough offense to learn, but when you're coaching Tom Brady, you're in a unique spot. So it's, uh, I think, Cinemat obviously has that advantage where he's kind of been learning the same that type of offense for a few years now. Um, but like, whether it's the quarterback or, or you, you still need everybody to be able to come together because. You see all these times, you got like a receiver running the wrong route, all of a sudden you see in the space and it's a pick six or something like that. That's not going to look good for anybody. No, no, it won't. Again, Jeff Howes, our guest from The Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio 920, unnecessary roughness. Now, your piece that you put out uh, last week on December 29th, as a matter of fact, uh, really good stuff. Raiders should be locked in on Tom Brady with Derek Carr on his way out of Vegas. And a lot of people will say, oh, but he's old, he's old, he's old, he's not the same guy. What have you seen from Brady this year that gives you confidence that he would be able to make the transition and the move from Tampa Bay to Vegas? I, I think, I mean, yesterday was big for him, but, you know, I'm not, obviously, we're not going to base this off of one game. Right. I mean, is he the same Tom Brady that he was two or three years ago? No. I mean, at some point when you're, like, the oldest person on the planet, you know, these <laughs> things are going to start to catch up to you. Right. Um, but, like, it's not like he has fallen off of that quote-unquote cliff that Max Kellerman was calling for like a decade and a half ago. Right. Uh, this is, uh, there's, there's been some coaching issues with Tampa, with that offense. You know, losing Bruce Arians was, uh, much more, was a much bigger factor than I think anybody realized it was going to be. And uh, the circumstance, the, the team, you know, they're not running the ball well. They've had injuries on the offensive line. They weren't really able to. Uh, able to replace Rob Gronkowski or any of that tight end production. So there's been, you know, I'm not saying Brady is absolved from any guilt or, or any of the reasons why that team has struggled as much this year, but the, the circumstance around him, it's been a really tough situation for him to have success. And and I think he still has the most completions and attempts in, in the league right now. He's, he's top three or four, I think, in passing yards. So it, the points aren't there. It doesn't look like a typical Tom Brady offense. But he's still playing well enough. So, you know, one connection that I've been making or thinking that makes a lot of sense here, when coaching isn't necessarily in your favor the way that I think it is this year in Tampa, what are you going to gravitate toward? You're going to gravitate toward familiarity. And you look at Josh McDaniels and the way that those guys were able to have so much success with one another. 
I mean, I just I think it makes all the sense in the world. Assuming Brady wants to continue playing, he's got to look to Vegas because of that familiar face. And with the fact that, I mean, next year will be year two for Josh McDaniels and the rest of this staff, this is a year, that'll be a year that they've got to do a lot better than obviously what they did this year. So as far as Brady, how much better does he make any organization that he goes to just with his work ethic and what he brings to the table? No, I mean, he's, he's second to none because look what happened his first year in Tampa. I right. mean, this is a team that has had virtually no success as an organization for a long time. And he steps in there, and, and, you know, they made some changes around him, of course. He wasn't the only guy who showed up there in 2020. But, you know, the way that he played, it just brings everybody up around him. I mean, he's just – there are a few quarterbacks around that, I think, again, kind of seeing it a little bit from Trevor Lawrence, the way the Jaguars are believing in him, Mahomes, obviously, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. You know, when you've got a quarterback of that caliber – he gets in there and everybody around you instantly just becomes better because you're going to believe. You're going to believe in yourself. You're going to believe in the process. I think, uh, I mean, it's just this team, they still have to make some adjustments on the offensive line. Yep. They still have to get better on defense. But you bring in Tom Brady, you're no longer talking about just trying to get to the playoffs. You're talking about Super Bowl expectations. You know, and with that being said, you know, knowing that they have to make those additions to the offensive line, if you were to bring in a guy like Brady, you're almost guaranteeing that you're going to make that move because he's not going to be a guy that's going to run around the yard. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And then, you know what, because these guys know each other so well, McDaniels and Brady, you know, there were years when the Patriots didn't have a good offensive line. But they schemed things up that Brady was getting rid of the ball within about 1.9 to 2.1 seconds after the snap. And – it doesn't matter how good of a pass rush you, you're going up against or how much better that pass rush might be than your offensive line. If you're getting rid of the ball that quickly and when you've got Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller over the middle, obviously you've got a guy who is still the best wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. You know, There's a lot of stuff that you can do uh, with, with Brady, with getting rid of the ball quickly. Things are going to open up. And it's going to make everybody again. They're going to be. They're going to believe in McDaniel's system if that is something that is going to entice Brady to go there and, and play for him. You see it. You hear it so often that Brady is basically paying playing for free, and he's always taking a discount. But what would a Brady contract look like if he were to come to Vegas? Do you think? I, I would guess like one year, twenty five million. Two years, fifty million. Something along those lines. I mean, this is. You know, we don't have to pass the hat for the guy. Um, he's, he's made quite a bit throughout his career, but when you talk about taking less than market value, I mean, there's, there's been nobody. He's the poster boy. He's the poster child for that. And when he, uh, I think he signed with the box, it was about a $25 million per year deal. He's basically been playing for something comparable to that for the last few years, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He's not going to go into free agency and say, hey, you know what, like after – 20, what, three years, however long he's been in the league, he's a dinosaur. But when you're, um, he's not all of a sudden going to change his entire approach and say, I need Aaron Rodgers' money. You know, if you want me to play for you, I want $55 million. Like, that's never been his deal. And if he's going to continue playing, it's to find the right circumstance, the right situation. And obviously, I think the Raiders are on the short list there. He's not going to go over there and say, oh, I want this money. And as opposed to you using the resources to fix the offensive line or to have a better defense, you know, that's just, that's not his style. So I would, I would be surprised if it were anything more than like 25 million annually. 
Again, talking with Jeff Howe right now from The Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. Let me ask you this just general question about kind of the trend that you're seeing in NFL. And I started off the show saying I feel like in the long term, the Raiders need to get a guy that's mobile, similar to what we saw from Jared Stidham, similar to what you're seeing across the league. How much more um, almost a requirement is it that a guy is able to be athletic enough to be mobile and keep plays alive? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a plus if you can, you know, if you can do that stuff. But and, and it's it's becoming more of the prototype. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what you know these younger coaches are looking for. If you get a guy who's got some legs, you know, he can make some plays, extend some plays, get outside the pocket, or, or even run. I mean, that's that's huge for you. Right. But you know, it's it's you still need to be able to. You still need to be able to deliver the football on time. You know, that's where you have your more consistent success. And, I mean, so I'm not like, there are pluses and minuses to each approach. Um, Obviously, if you you can run, you know, a coach is going to prefer that. Uh, But if you're an elite mind, if you can deliver the ball quickly with accuracy and you've got a good enough arm, if you're a statue back there, you know, that's, that's not the end of the world. Right, I got you. <laughs> it's good. it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. About uh, you know where where the Raiders go, where they turn to their next direction. You know where does where does Jimmy G come into play? Where does Brady come into play? Where does Stidham come into play? You know, it's just it's a lot of questions. This offseason is going to be very interesting. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of twists and turns. But Jeff, wanted to have you on again. Your piece that you put out in the Athletic, fantastic stuff. Anything else you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> um, not off the top. It's you know it's been a long week. So, yes, um, yes. I, I don't even know. I, I don't think I have anything in the works. But it's also it's only Monday. Right. So, exactly. <laughs> things, things could get weird in a hurry. Yeah, they can. But well, I appreciate you guys. No doubt. We appreciate you, Jeff. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Anytime. Take care. All right. There he goes, Jeff Howe from the Athletic. Man, it has been a long, busy week. It's been a long, busy season, and that's how we like it around here. 3.44 is the time. We'll come back, get some of your texts, get some of your calls. We got more locker room sound as well. The question that we threw out there, what did you learn from the game that you saw on Sunday between the Raiders and the Niners, resulting in a 37-34 overtime loss for the Silver and Black? Of course, up next is the Chiefs on Saturday at 1.30 kickoff, heard right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We're in the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 3.49 is the time. We're here at the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every Monday night for Monday Night Football. Bills and the Bengals tonight. It's going to be a really good one. Right now the Rose Bowl is on between Penn State and Utah. And last I checked, I want to say it was knotted up at 14. But, of course, now that I'm looking at the screen and trying to look for the score, it's nowhere to be seen, which is fantastic by me. But I'll give you an update on the score uh, when they have one. It looks like it's at halftime right now, and the score is not going to be on the screen. Terrible work. (laughs) Terrible work, ESPN, not putting the, the, the score up on the screen when I need it. But we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Keith and Sonora said, what I learned yesterday after the game is that McDaniels has a bigger playbook than I thought. Still wish still wish uh, he would have settled for a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and one against with Keith and Sonora. And I was okay with the fourth and one going for it, and I was okay with, you know, handing the ball to Josh Jacobs. I know a lot of people said just quarterback sneak it, and that's one way to get it done. But 
a guy that has over 1,600 yards rushing and leading the league in rushing, I, I'll take my chances with Josh Jacobs. And, you know, you can't really get mad at a guy going for it on fourth and one, trying to punch it in and get a touchdown. Because how many times do we talk about minus four, minus four, minus four? We hear that till we're, you know, till we're blue in the face, right? Hear it all the time. So now they're trying to get the plus four, the plus four, the plus four, and it just didn't shake out. Sometimes that happens. No one's going to have a 100% hit rate in the red zone. It's impossible. And sometimes the other team has something to say about it. Sometimes the other team says, you know what, I know you're about to give it to your best guy, and our best guys are going to stop it. And they did. And so you got to tip the cap. But I'm okay with, with going for it uh, just because, again, uh, I'd rather see them, and I know that all of Raider Nation rather see them put up touchdowns than field goals. Uh, got a text from the 707. Not an Amik fan over here. All his turnovers were mistakes by the other team. He didn't go out and make it happen. They all just fell in his lap with bad throws. <laughs> As for the 707, that's a harsh critic right there. Um, I think that turnovers are normally mistakes by the other team. Man, we just started 2023, but we done found the <laughs> hater of the year. <laughs> I mean, look, I get it because there's a lot. It's a lot of give and take when it comes to Meek, right? I mean, a lot of times plays will get made on him, and then sometimes he makes plays. But I wouldn't say that they all just fell in his lap. I mean, Kyler Murray's interception he threw, he had to climb the ladder to go get it. Uh, that interception he had yesterday with Kittle, he had to climb the ladder to go get that, uh, you know, jump up there and meet it at its highest point. His scoop and score that he had, that was a heck of a play. Not only to come up with the ball, he didn't punch the ball out, but to get to the end zone, I mean, you got to give him a little credit. Again, you don't have to be a big fan, but dang, you got to give him a little bit of credit for at least. Look, I'll say this, regardless of if you don't like him or not and think that they were just mistakes and they just fell in his lap, I wish that more guys would have mistakes fall in their lap than just what the Raiders have so far. Two picks by Denzel, two by Duran, and two by Meek. If, if those are just bad plays, bad mistakes by the other team, let there be some more bad plays by the other team and let the Raiders come up with it. I don't care how you get it. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I had a friend that used to say that all the time. Shout out to my man, Ward White. So let's go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. We do appreciate your text, though. Bernard, represent Antioch, man. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Bernard? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, we're blessed. Hey, hey, cute. Good. Hey, it was a good game yesterday. Unfortunately, the Raiders, uh, you know, didn't come out with the victory. But uh, what I learned and something we all kind of said this this year is the Raiders can can beat anybody and they can lose to anybody. And uh, I, I didn't expect them to play as well as they did. But um, the thing with Brady, what I want to bring up, Q, Okay. They saying, you know, um, with him being with Josh McDaniels for so long, why would we go to – I want to get your take on this. What, uh, Stenham showed he's been in that system, and I know he hasn't been uh, – uh, I know he hasn't been healthy, but you see that he showed that he can play, and he, he looked way more more comfortable. It's like even Darren Waller talked in a press conference or, uh, you know, after the game saying, like, he was telling people – in spring training, you know, go here, go here. He was helping out the line, everything. Yep. So, I mean, he's he's a young quarterback. He's been with McDaniel, like you said. We traded for him to come to the to the Raiders. Why not, you know, start with a young guy and just have an open competition, you know, coming up next year, and kind of look at the 49ers uh, prototype, right? Um, Brock Purdy, he ain't like great, but look at that defense. Right. They, they, I think it makes it so much easier for him because you get great field position a lot of the times when you have a really good defense and you know if you make a mistake here or there that defense is going to go hold up I think it was real impressive that the Raiders was able to move the ball pretty much at, at will on them you know it was a mistake by uh Cole Miller but getting pushed into a party at the end but I mean they, they played very very well against one of the best best teams 
and one of the best defenses, you know, in the uh, in the whole NFL. Yeah. And just a couple of disappointments also. Uh, Trayvon Morick and uh, Hobbs. I'm gonna give Hobbs a little bit of a break because he is um, coming off injury. I think you just got to take some bumps and bruises when you play a corner, you know, in the NFL. But uh, uh, Maury, I, I just don't see the physicality from a safety standpoint, and it seems like he's always kind of standing around and is a step late here or there. So um, they, they got to do something, obviously, with the defense. I would rather spend that money, like you also been saying, on the defensive side on the ball and have open competition at quarterback and see what they can do from there. I don't think you need to spend all that money on a 45-year-old quarterback, as great as he is. I think Skinner can do a good job if we – you know, give uh, Crosby some help, you know. And, and one more quick thing. They, uh, with uh, Amik, somebody said that, no, his interceptions are, or whatever. Man, get to the ball. It don't, I don't care how you get it. Uh, Stin him through the ball yesterday, hit the dude helmet, and the 49ers got an interception off of that. So most of the mistakes are, most uh, turnovers, they are mistakes. But we don't, we seem to not ever be able to get those loose balls for whatever reason. So, you know, we got to get those loose balls, and the Raiders defense can turn it around. And uh, you know we can uh, take a step forward, but uh, let's let's give it, give us Stenum, have an open quarterback competition, and then and go from there. All right, good stuff, Bernard. Thanks for calling. I do appreciate you. And I would say this: if the Raiders had a real deal defense, then I could see them going after their the top notch, you know, young quarterback and having that open competition that you're talking about. The problem is. The Raiders don't have that top-notch defense, right? If they if they had the 49ers defense, I know we can't do ifs and buts and all that other good stuff. We all know the rest of that saying. I just, it would be great, right? Then I'd say, yeah, let's let him go out there, let him take his lumps, but he would learn because he would have a defense that would have the opportunity to get the ball back. Unfortunately, the Raiders don't have that. Now, they can go and dedicate their whole offseason to the defense, and if it works, great. That's why I think that they're going to go with a veteran just because, like, yeah, they kind of need to – if you want to try to win right now. Now, if you're willing to say, hey, let the young guy, let's sit him, and maybe another guy battle it out in camp, and whoever wins, wins, and whatever happens with the win-loss record in, in 2023, I'm okay with, then maybe that's a conversation. I don't think that they're in that position because I think next year is going to be a lot of pressure for them. Now that, you know, they said, okay, we can't get it done with this quarterback. Okay, well, now you've moved on, so now you have to get it done, right? I mean – in the NFL, as, as, as much as a lot of people won't agree with me, it's not three, four, five years anymore that coaches get. You get, like, two. Some coaches get three, right? It just doesn't happen that often. So I could see, you know, MD saying, hey, man, you'll get a mulligan for this year, but next year got to see some real deal improvement. I'm not saying they got to go win the whole damn thing, but got to see some real deal improvement or else there's going to be some long conversations. So that's, that would be my only pushback on that. I, I love your idea. Because you want to have that young, that young quarterback on a, on a rookie deal or a Stidham case, he's not going to command high dollar. And I did like what I saw. I just don't want to get caught up and be a prisoner of one game. We'll see what happens on Saturday against the Chiefs, and then that's another conversation we can have. 3.57 is the time. Got a bunch of calls that we're going to get to. Rob in Portland, you'll be up first. We, we'll come right back. Take a quick break at the Underground Lounge. When we come back, Rob in Portland. Plus, we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels and you. 702-365-9200. It's Radio 920.